0: G'day, welcome to Partaker's Podcasts and our Christmas series. Today we are hearing the wisdom of Martin Luther of the 16th century concerning the events of Christmas. Come on in! Sermon on the Afternoon of Christmas Day in the Year 1530 by Martin Luther Part 1 of 4 You have heard today already the story from the Gospel of St. Luke of how it came to pass that our Lord Christ was born and then also the message of the angel who announced who the boy was who had been born. Now we shall go on and take up the message of the angel. So for today you have heard already only that the child was born and that he is the Lord and Saviour. Thus we spoke of the story, how it unfolded, and who the persons in it were. This article is so high that even today it is believed by only a few. Nevertheless, God has preserved it even through those who have not believed it. For at all times in the monasteries and universities there have been disputations and lectures which dealt with the fact that Christ the Lord, born of Mary, is true man and true God. But it went no further than saying and hearing it. But this belief is held by the devil too, and the Turks and all the godless among Christians, and is the kind of belief which everybody believes that it is true, but would not die for it, as Eck and many others show today. If they had as much from Christ and the teaching of the gospel as from the devil, they would also think as much of Christ. The Turk too admits that Christ was born of the Virgin Mary that Mary was an immaculate virgin, and that Christ was more than a man. But the word of God, as it is given in the Gospel, he denies. And yet I fear that the Turk believes more of this article than does the Pope. Therefore, it is a high article to believe that this infant, born of Mary, is true God. For nobody's reason can ever accept the fact that he who created heaven and earth and is adored by angels was born of a virgin. That is the article, the article of faith. Nobody believes it except he who also knows this faith, namely that this child is the one and only Lord and Saviour. But for whom was he born and whose Lord and Saviour is he the angels declare that he was born lord and savior the turks the pope and the scholars say the same thing but only to the extent that it brings in money and honor but that any one could say to you is born as the angel says this is the faith which we must preach about but we cannot preach about it as we would like to do Indeed, who could ever grasp the full meaning of these words of the evangelist? A Saviour who is the Lord, and to you. I know well enough how to talk about it, and what to believe about it, just as others do. So there are many who have this belief, and do it, just as others do. So there are many who have this belief, and do not doubt this first belief, that Christ is the Lord, the Saviour and the virgin's son. This I too have never doubted. But if these words are planted no higher than my thoughts, then they have no firm roots. We are certain that this was proclaimed by the angel, but the firm faith does not follow. For the reason does not understand both sides of this faith. First that Christ is a man, but also the Saviour and Lord or King. This needs to be revealed from heaven. One who really has the first faith also has the other. Who then are those to whom this joyful news is to be proclaimed? Those who are faint-hearted and feel the burden of their sins, like the shepherds, To whom the angels proclaim the message, letting the great lords in Jerusalem, who do not accept it, go on sleeping. Beyond the first faith, there must be the second faith, that Christ is not only the virgin son, but also the Lord of angels and the Saviour of men. The words anyone can understand, anti-sacramentarians, fanatics, sectarians and Turks. But they do not proceed from the heart, they come only from hearing, and go no farther than hearing. This is not faith, however, but only a memory of what has been heard, that one knows that he has heard it. Nobody ventures upon it, so as to stake goods, life, and honour upon it, and yet we must preach it for the sake of those who are in the multitude to whom the angel preached. This is our theology, which we preach in order that we may understand what the angel wants. Mary bore the child, took it to her breast, and nursed it. And the Father in heaven has his son lying in the manger and the mother's lap. Why did God do all this? Why does Mary guard the child as a mother should? And reason answers in order that we may make an idol of her, that honour may be paid to the mother. Mary becomes all this without her knowledge and consent, and all the songs and glory and honour are addressed to the mother. And yet the text does not sound forth the honour of the mother, for the angel says, I bring to you good news of great joy, for to you is born this day the Saviour, Luke 2, verses 10 to 11. What does this mean? I am to accept the child and his birth, and forget the mother, as far as this is possible, although her part cannot be forgotten, for where there is a birth, there must also be a mother. Nevertheless, we dare not put our faith in the mother, but only in the fact that the child was born. And the angel desired that we should see nothing but the child which is born, just as the angels themselves, as though they were blind, saw nothing but the child born of the virgin, and desired that all created things should be as nothing compared with this child, that we should see nothing, be it harps, gold, goods, honor, power, and the like which we would prefer before their message. For if I received even the costliest and the best in the world, it still does not have the name of Saviour. And if the Turk were ten times stronger than he is, he could not for one moment save me from my infirmity, to say nothing of the peril of death, and even less from the smallest sin of from death itself. In my sin... My death I must take leave of all created things. No, sun, moon, stars, or creatures, physicians, emperors, kings, wise men, and potent taints cannot help me. When I die, then I shall see nothing but black darkness, and yet that light. To you is born this day the Saviour Luke two verse eleven. Remains in my eyes and fills all heaven and earth The Saviour will help me when all have forsaken me And when the heavens and the stars and all creatures stare at me With horrible appearance I see nothing in heaven and earth but this child So great should that light which declares that he is my Saviour Become in my eyes that I can say Mary, you did not bear this child for yourself alone This child is not yours You did not bring him forth for yourself, but for me. Even though you are his mother, even though you held him in your arms and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and picked him up and laid him down, but I have a greater honor than your honor as his mother. For your honor pertains to your motherhood and the body of the child, but my honor is this, that you have my treasure, so that I know none. Neither men nor angels who can help me except this child, whom you, O Mary, hold in your arms. If a man could put out of his mind all that he is and has except this child, and if for him everything, money, goods, power or honour, fades into darkness, and he despises everything on earth compared with this child, so that heaven with its stars and earth with all its power and all its treasures becomes nothing to him, that man would have the true gain and fruit of this message of the angel. And for us, the time must come when suddenly all will be darkness and we shall know nothing but this message of the angel. From Luke 2, verse 10 to 11. I bring to you good news of great joy. For to you is born this day the Saviour, Christ, Jesus. This, then, is the faith we preach, of which the Turks and the Pope and all the sectarians know nothing. The fanatics do, it is true, snatch to themselves the words of the angels, but how earnest they are is just plain to see. For they receive the word only as a piece of paper, as the cup and corporal received the body and blood of Christ. The paper does no more than contain something and pass it on to others, but yet it remains paper. Thus you copy something from one paper on another paper. From my tongue the word sounds in your ear, but it does not go to the heart. So they receive this greatest of treasures to their great harm, and still think they are Christians, just as though the paper were to say, I certainly have in me the written words, To you is born this day the Saviour. Therefore I shall be saved. But then the fire comes and burns up the paper. Therefore this is the chief article, which separates us from all the heathen, that you, O man, may not only learn that Christ, born of the Virgin, is the Lord and Saviour, but also accept the fact that he is your Lord and Saviour, that you may be able to boast in your heart. I hear the word that sounds from heaven and says, This child who is born of the virgin is not only his mother's son. I have more than the mother's estate. He is more mine than Mary's, for he was born for me. For the angel said, To you is born the Saviour. Then ought you to say, Amen, I thank you, dear Lord. But then reason says, Who knows? I believe that Christ, born of the Virgin, is the Lord and Saviour, and he may perhaps help Peter and Paul, but for me, a sinner, he was not born. But even if you believed that much, it would still not be enough, unless there were added to it the faith that he was born for you. For he was not born merely in order that I should honour the mother, that she should be praised because he was born of the Virgin Mother, This honour belongs to none except her, and it is not to be despised. For the angel said, Blessed are you among women, in Luke 1, verse 28. But it must not be too highly esteemed, lest one deny what is written here. To you is born this day the Saviour. He was not merely concerned to be born of a virgin. It was infinitely more than that. It was this, as she herself sings in the Magnificat, He has helped his servant Israel. Luke 1 verse 54 Not that he was born of me in my virginity, but born for you and for your benefit, not only for my honour. Take yourself in hand, examine yourself, and see whether you are a Christian. If you can sing... The Son who is proclaimed to be your Lord and Saviour is my Saviour, and if you can confirm the message of the angel and say yes to it and believe it in your heart, then your heart will be filled with such assurance and joy and confidence, and you will not worry much about even the costliest and best that this world has to offer. For when I can speak to the Virgin from the bottom of my heart and say, O Mary, Noble, tender virgin, you have borne a child. This I want more than robes and goldens. Yea, more than my body and life, then you are closer to the treasure than everything else in heaven and earth. As Psalm 73 verse 25 says, There is nothing upon earth that I desire besides you. You see how a person rejoices when he receives a robe or ten goldens. But how many are there who shout and jump for joy when they hear the message of the angel, To you is born this day the Saviour. Indeed, the majority look upon it as a sermon that must be preached, and when they have heard it, consider it a trifling thing, and go away just as they were before. This shows that we have neither the first nor the second faith. We do not believe that the virgin mother bore a son and that he is the Lord and Saviour, unless added to this, I believe the second thing, namely that he is my Saviour and Lord. When I can say, this I accept as my own because the angel meant it for me, then, if I believe it in my heart, I shall not fail to love the mother Mary, and even more than child, and especially the father. For if it is true that the child was born of the virgin, and is mine, then I have no angry God, and I must know the feeling that there is nothing but laughter and joy in the heart of the father, and no sadness in my heart. For, if what the angel says is true, that he is indeed our Lord and Saviour, what can sin do against us? If God is for us, who is against us? writes Paul in Romans 8, verse 31. Greater words than these I cannot speak, nor all the angels and even the Holy Spirit, as is sufficiently tested by the beautiful and devout songs that have been made about it. I do not trust myself to express it. I most gladly hear you sing and speak of it, but as long as no joy is there, so long is faith still weak or even non-existent, and you still do not believe the angel. You can see what our papists and junkers who have chosen innumerable saviors have felt about this faith. Indeed, the papists still want to retain the mass the invocation of saints and their invented works by which we are to be saved. This is as much as to say, I do not believe in the Saviour and Lord whom Mary bore. And yet they sing the words of the angel, hold their triple masses at Christmas and play their organs. They speak the words with their tongues, but their heart has another Saviour. The same is true in the monasteries. If you want to be saved, remember to keep the rule and regulations of Francis and you will have a gracious God. And at the Diet of Augsburg they decided to stick to this. In the name of all the devils, let them stick there. It has been said sufficiently that this Saviour lies in the manger. But if there is any other thing that saves me, then I rightly call it my saviour. If the sun, moon, and stars save, I can call them saviours. If St. Bartholomew or St. Anthony or a pilgrimage to St. James's or good works save, then they surely are my saviour. If St. Francis, then he is my saviour. But then what is left of the honour of the child who was born this day, whom the angel calls Lord and Saviour, and who wants to keep his name, which is Saviour and Christ the Lord? If I set up any Saviour except this child, this Jesus, no matter who or what it is or is called, then he, that is Jesus, is not the Saviour. But the text does indeed say that Jesus is the Saviour. And if this is true, and it is the truth, then let everything else go. One who hears the message of the angel and believes it will be filled with fear like the shepherds. True, it is too high for me to believe that I should come into this treasure without any merit on my part, and yet so it must be. In the papacy this message was not preached in the pulpit, and I am afraid that it will disappear again. It was the other message that the devil initiated and has allowed to remain in the papacy. All their hymns are to this effect. Among the Turks the devil has completely wiped it out. Therefore, remember it, sing it, and learn it, while there is still time. I fear that the time will come when we shall not be allowed to hear, believe, and sing this message in public, and the time has already come when it is no longer understood, though Satan does not allow it to be spoken with the mouth, as the Papists do. But when it comes to declaring that he is born for you and to singing, in dolce jubilo, now sing with hearts aglow. Our delight and pleasure lies in prosibio, like sunshine is our treasure. Matris in gremio, alpha esteo. This he is unwilling to allow. What we have said, then, has been about that second faith, which is not only to believe in Mary's son, but rather that he who lies in the virgin's lap is our Saviour, that you accept this and give thanks to God, who so loved you that he gave you a Saviour who is yours. And for a sign he sent the angel from heaven to proclaim him in order that nothing else should be preached except that this child is the Saviour and far better than heaven and earth. Him, Jesus, therefore, we should acknowledge and accept. Confess Him as our Saviour in every need, call upon Him, and never doubt that He will save us from all misfortune. Amen. That's all for today. Tomorrow we will continue our Christmas series. Thanks for joining us at Partakers Podcasts. Come back every day to www.partakers.co.uk where there is a podcast uploaded to help you, wherever you are in the world, to live as a Christian disciple in the 21st century. Our books are also available on Amazon at www.pulptheology.com See you later!